Alright, it is Solid 60. I am Patrick and we're going to do a little read today, which reminds me I should probably get over to my old website, Beyond Cosplay, because I actually put something on there after weeks of procrastination. I finally finished the PAX article and uh, yeah, I'm already feeling the drums beating to get another Beyond the Con done. And we've had some pretty big news this morning. I uh, flicked on Facebook as I usually do. I wasn't in bed at that point. I actually tried to get out onto the truck as soon as I could because I was running a little bit late. I didn't check it till I was, okay, I might have been driving, but at the lights, so it's okay. Not for my license, but safety-wise. And uh, yeah, I saw something on the newsfeed about Stan Lee. I was like, oh, passed away, rest in peace. I was like, oh, come on. Not another hoax because everyone got scared that couple of months ago when he went to hospital for pneumonia and it was TMZ so I was a little bit wary. Kept scrolling, nothing else. Went to Reddit, nothing. Went to like a news site of some kind. Yeah, there it is. Okay, back to Facebook. Hollywood Reporter, Washington Post, a bunch of other articles. Slowly it just bang, bang, bang. By the time I got to Met and told Chachi who is a little guy that helps me. Apparently he's going to come to the Christmas party or I get to invite him. So that's cool. Even though he's nowhere near being a decision maker about who gets to order our fuel. So we're just being nice to the people we like. So I had another look at the phone. Like, is this true? Is this really happening? It's, Cause it's pretty shitty. I mean, everyone knew it was coming. He's 95, but didn't want it to be true. Uh, and by that time I looked at my newsfeed, every single post, was uh, yeah someone or some organization sharing the sad news that San Stanley has in fact passed away on today the 13th of November 2018 probably the 12th in America so that's that's I'm guessing where they'll record it for posterity on the 12th yeah not good not good uh, as someone else said I didn't cry because I know he's now in a better place he had been going through some rough times there was lots of questions about who was managing him, whether it was his lawyer doing the right thing or the last guy that was in charge who had a criminal record for fraud. Someone else went and bought a house with his money. It was all kind of getting pretty crazy. The blood being used to print comics, like it's nuts. But So at least all that's over and uh, his daughter will have to just get by. I don't know if she still gets like all, all the uh, money coming in royalty buys, if that just keeps going to his estate like I know there's an estate for Prince and Michael Jackson and Elvis and people like that I guess there is I guess it just like even Lord of the Rings that J.A.R. Tolkien you know they have to give permission whatever remaining family members there are when it comes to a new movie or series or anything like that so yeah I suppose his daughter will just be in charge of things like that and apparently she's a bit of a spender likes to go shopping and get fancy handbags and things like that but so what? I mean, he was happy for her to be able to treat herself. Uh, apparently his wife was just a bit similar in that way. and But she made him happy. And that's when you can afford it, why not? It's not like she was gambling or blowing it all on coke, as far as we know. Hopefully now, you know, we get less of the drama and gossip about that side of things and can focus more on the work and the beautiful legacy that he's left the world. Karen posted something this morning about Gabriel, only the other day, running in every minute or two when she had a friend over and go, Mommy, look, I show you, ask you, tell me who's coming. 
and then he ran off and he basically wanted her to shout from the other room who's coming and then he would come in as his favorite character whether it was the hulk or iron man or the flash or batman or obviously not all stanley creations but definitely some of his favorites uh, spider-man's a big one that he likes to emulate and wasn't for Stan Lee. It's debatable whether a lot of these characters would be maybe in the back pages of somewhere, but who's to say whether they would be as popular as they are now? Uh, he definitely led the charge and made the right decisions at the right time to keep them alive. Many other comic creators weren't quite as cunning. You know, he might have copped some slack for having a bit of an ego about it. He always put himself at the forefront. Uh, Kevin Smith wrote a beautiful uh, paragraph. Oh, hi, Scooter. Do not knock off the speaker. It's a lovely, high-quality Rode speaker, but it's got a lot of work to do, and we need to keep it going. She's in here because... I always do that. He is in here because it's just on 6 o'clock, and it's about dinner time. And all they've given them so far after getting home a bit late to than usual for a Tuesday was some weird, like, paste that I got in a tube in one of the cat food boxes. It was like a sample. So they weren't happy with that. They ate it, but they're like, come on. That was about a two-second snack. Where's our real dinner? So give us a bit longer. Anyway, Stan Lee. I wonder if I should go to what... I just opened this huge thread, so I still have to read that, about uh, an interesting argument on whether a lady was right to sue a hairdresser for not wanting to cut her daughter's hair. It was like a male barber, and he's like, oh, I don't want to go there. It's a bit tricky. He just cuts men's hair. She's suing him. On the face of it, yeah, good honor. It's her right to get a haircut. But then some other guy raises a point. Uh, be right back, going to Fernwood to lift weights. Oh wait, I can't use the services of that private business because I'm a man. It turns out he's not actually like mad about that. He's he's happy for there to be places like Fernwood, but just the uh, the hypocrisy of someone not wanting there to be one for a, uh, to be on the other foot. Yeah, I don't know where to land on that. That's tricky. Speaking of which, interesting moral ethical debates. There's quite a few of them, surprisingly, in a show called The Armchair Expert. Sorry, just Armchair Expert. Try and look for The Armchair Expert. You won't find it unless there's a cheap knockoff. But yeah, Dax Shepard, husband of his more famous actress wife, Kristen Bell, yeah, has a great... I, I could definitely identify myself as an armchairy, as he calls his fans. I don't think I'll ever be able to make it to a live performance unless he comes over here. And who knows? He does have a pretty terrible Aussie accent, but at least he tries. He seems to be know where he should be going with it. He doesn't land it, but, you know, good on him for trying. He's an entertaining guy. He's not uh, a big nerd like Kevin Smith. He's more of a uh, jock, alpha male, admits to being a bully in high school. But, geez, what a life. Like, growing up in the sticks, single mum... There's an episode where he basically interviews his mum for two hours. And yeah, they had a rough upbringing. He lived in the wilderness of Hollywood eventually, like getting a career and then it just tanking and then coming back and getting some work. I think it was that hit and run movie that got him kickstarted again. He interviews a lot of beam, not exactly leads, but like guys you've seen in nearly every movie. And like, I don't know his name, but he's in like a lot of movies. And there's been complaints that there's not enough female or people of color appearing on the podcast he did address that in a recent one which i listened to and he's like well look they're asking we're trying they're saying no we want to get mindy carling on she's too scared like she doesn't think she's good at podcasts 
So it's not like they're not asking. So let's ease up. I mean, his co-host is a uh, woman of color, which is an interesting relationship. They carry on like they're soulmates, which he calls her. But also, oh, there's there's a certain flirtatious charm to the whole thing, and I love it. And undoubtedly, from what I've heard about the live shows, she has a huge following, and the guys are turning up with signs and saying cute things like, oh, "I love oh, it's Monica Padman. I love Monica more than Dax." loves to talk about his anthropology degree but yeah it's got to be mad if you're playing like drunk podcast bingo like as a drinking game definitely that would be on the list every time he mentions his anthropology anthropology degree and you took a drink you'd be pretty toasted by the end of it and there's probably a couple of other things you could bring up like uh how he's a bully and he's self-deprecating and that's unusual for a, a reasonably famous male actor in Hollywood there's another guy that's kind of good at that whose name escapes me he was in Evil Dead so look that up don't I I like worship the guy I've read his book he has a but sometimes especially when I'm doing the podcast itself I can't remember names just go out one ear and I don't know there's a certain file in the computer that is my brain and it just gets locked so it's a good thing I have the old internet in front of me, Bruce Campbell. I would love to hear a podcast by him. That would be an interesting, all the stories that he would have. And I have read a lot of them, obviously, in his book, but there's nothing like hearing it from the horse's mouth. And uh, if he brought on people from his storied career to talk to about things they've got up to, I would definitely listen to that. And apparently he's, uh, the last season, which uh, unfortunately ended a bit too soon, of the Evil Dead uh, TV show that they did, yeah, it got, got cancelled, unfortunately, and there was still more story to tell, but he's hung up his chainsaw. No more Evil Dead, or at least no more Ash Williams, the character that he used to play. Not a good thing. I got home about four o'clock today. As I said, it was a bit late for a Tuesday. Normally not much on, but got kind of crazy today. I had to go to Narrabeen. I had to go here and there and everywhere. Yesterday, I think I was home by lunch. The only thing that got me out again was a bloody job in uh, Leppington. So I went out to Karen's neck of the woods. Funnily enough, of course, by the time I get there, the generator's been turned off. And typical kind of thing. Get out there before 3.30. They need you. Hurry. It's an emergency call out. And, yep, they're finished. Still pumps some fuel, but uh, it all feels a bit futile sometimes. But yeah, let's go back to uh, my PAX post and just get through it. I want to make these shorter than they have been. Half an hour is about right, I think. We did a banana split on Sunday, which we had a bit of fun with. I still got to edit that, so I'll edit this and that probably uh, later on tonight or tomorrow and at least get them out there in the ether. And I still have to do, before I forget, another... This is like literally should have been last Monday. Today's Tuesday. It's nuts that I'm doing this now. So I'm a little bit behind with these ones. Uh, and hopefully I can find something to talk about by the end of the week for another one of the solids. I'm not being very solid with it, I have to admit. Uh, Facebook absolutely tanks my time. I'm too addicted to getting involved in pointless arguments. Uh, I'm trying to take stuff less personally, though. I think I'm getting better with that. And that's funny, because Dax Shepard talks about that a lot as well, how he's a big alpha male and his ego's huge. And he uh, has to not be in charge, but he doesn't respond well to authority or someone taking control like his frequent interactions with the uh, airport security and people like that or when he gets pulled over and they kind of pick on him because he looks like a jock 
even Kristen Bell said, yeah, sometimes people do go for you because you give up that vibe. And she's, you know, mitigating the rough edges of that character trait. So it's good to hear that even someone like him that used to just jump out and beat people up if they even looked at him funny can mend his ways. Yeah, PAX, 18, Melbourne, the verdict. Uh, that reminds me, even that, I pumped it out to about probably 10 different groups. I can't remember which one it was, but someone goes, yeah, you've written PAX Sydney, the verdict, as your headline. And uh, it still turns up as that. Like if I go to wherever I've posted it, for some reason, because I initially wrote Sydney, just out of habit, because of all the events I've been doing the last probably two years are in Sydney. Uh, it's just a weird Freudian slip and it got in, into the freaking headline. I read everything else twice, missed the headline. And, and now that's still like in the preview thumbnail as Sydney. So maybe by today it's fixed itself. I'll have to try another uh, share and see what happens. But yeah, Stanley, that's terrible news. I was just thinking, looking at the artwork I've got up here, maybe I, this would be a good excuse to change the, uh, the Beyond Cosplay like cover photo. It's awful. It's just an awful photo. So I'm going to change it. I'm going to upload a photo and it's a beautiful piece of artwork of all the heroes in the Marvel Universe. Well, a fair number of them. Uh, standing around in a graveyard. It looks like a scene, like a, a panel from a comic. And obviously it's not for his funeral, it's for some other character. I don't know which one. If I was more of a comic book nerd, I would recognize the scene. Yeah, a lot of X-Men in it. Even Magneto. Someone that looks like Daredevil, but I think they're probably all X-Men of some kind. But this will work. And uh, it's going to be our new cover photo. I don't need to check with the erstwhile editor that I used to have problems with because she really seems to jump ship. She's not even on the Facebook managing roles party anymore. If you go to the settings and you check who does what, she uh, managed to extricate herself from even doing that, which is uh, just kind of a sad end to that whole era. I mean, it had to be done, I guess. And I should have seen it coming. Just the slow, like, pull-out of any kind of involvement in the group or in the endeavour. And uh, it's a pity, because we used to be quite close. And, again, mention names, because they had to be dropped last time I did. And that's probably fair enough. Again, referencing Dax Shepard. There's something about uh, Stern, where he kept going at celebrities, like Regis, Regis Philbin and all these other people. And... What Dex was saying was, I don't think he ever expected them to hear it. It was just, to him, it was just him sitting there with some friends and shooting the shit and uh, coming up with these outrageous scenarios and like, you know, as you do with mates, you might gossip, takes down the big hitters. When you're in a, like a small group of say a hundred humans back in the day, if someone got too big for their britches, gossip was one of the ways that you would level things out a little. And, you know, he just took that a little bit too far sometimes with his you know, making fun of tall poppies, but Regis Philburn, eventually there was a cool story where he moved into uh, a new apartment as he start, his radio show started doing better, and Regis t got in the lift, because he already lived there, and said hi, and introduced himself, and took him into his apartment, and showed him everything, and was just super nice about it, and the next day, Howard Stern got on, I was like, oh, I was completely wrong, that guy is totally awesome, and not many people, obviously Regis knew about all the things that had been said, and just killed him with kindness and that's something I want to start trying to do I kind of think I went there but it was in a, probably a bit too much of a passive aggressive way uh, with a friend recently he'd already deleted me years ago uh, for some bizarre thing about a 
correction that I made to one of his posts, this guy was like, well, the details don't matter, but he just didn't like being corrected. And I guess I don't either when I think I've, my intentions were correct. And uh, it was a weird one. He said something about, I'd shared a post from BuzzFeed and it had nothing to do with news. It was just a silly comic strip that had a bunch of stuff that they don't show in movies or TV when the couple's lying in bed together. Uh, lots of things like, you know, the girl running out of the room with a towel between her legs, all sorts of awkward positions you can end up in, all sorts of gross, amusing human stuff. And uh, yeah, he said, don't share BuzzFeed, it's cancer. It's fucking just gross and you shouldn't have anything to do with it. And I was like, well, that's slightly elitist. I mean, I know they've been making strides in recent years to try and make themselves more of a news organization, but that's kind of irrelevant in this case. It's just a comic strip. <sighs> yeah, it just escalated from there. And it ended up in him deleting me again, even though he'd uh, called me a couple of weeks ago. No, maybe months ago now out of the blue and uh, I'm not sure it was something to do with this photographer that I had a run in with as well a couple of years ago uh, what a big camera I can't remember the guy's name for some reason but basically he'd heard something about this guy and said you might see something soon online we'll see what happens but apparently there'd been accusations of dodgy goings-on in photo shoots or I don't know, it's all I probably shouldn't go into it too much here it's all very much gossip and hearsay so if it comes out then yeah that will kind of vindicate me somewhat based on our previous interactions and he's uh it was it was just the strangest like the other beef I had with someone was Towner Brad Towner and that beef I kind of get what happened I sort of see where it went wrong the admin of this group cosplay in action there have been a bunch of posts about this particular member, young Asian guy, a little bit on the spectrum, had a reputation for being a bit heavy-handed with some girls, and that, to a lot of people, made him fair game. For whatever mental deficiencies he had, if he was going after girls and saying rude things and being physical with them, and that apparently to this day is still an issue with this guy, for some reason I won't drop his name, maybe I will at some other point, but basically he's just got a caning in terms of memes, a bunch of guys like I would have thought would rise above that kind of thing like Cliff Doran I think made a couple and it just all got out of hand and there was a thread where it was like someone photoshopped him in his infamous SWAT outfit doesn't wear it anymore I think even he realized it it was dead in the water it uh, just after like the third time the police confiscated his uh, props I guess too much trouble. Yeah, so someone photoshopped him falling off a building or something, or like a landing after a fall. I don't, I don't get what the gist was there, but that was a little dark, and I didn't really contribute to the thread. I just kind of let it go, because that was, back then, I was very much a sort of libertarian. That was the word I was trying to think of in the last episode, by the way, not just liberal, libertarian, uh, which I always thought I was, but yeah, you do need hospitals and things, sorry. But in terms of censorship, I'm definitely a libertarian to a point where almost anything goes to a point. You know, blackface, not great. And there's other things like stereotypes, which are negative, which you've got to kind of shy away from. I think the gist is, and the problem was he never said anything to me or anyone I knew about why, but I think at that point he ducked out of the group and was just pissed off that there was all this, what well, he saw as bullying going on. And when a mutual friend, Reese Goddard, 
for some reason was involved in Beyond Cosplay at that point was like maybe going to be a photographer wanted to use maybe it was one of Brad Towner's photos something like that it was so so long ago now he basically got in touch with him and asked him for permission no he got the curt response of no you're not going to use anything to do with me because I can't stand the guy behind it all and eventually that got back to me and I was like I didn't approach I I took probably the worst response I could have in a really petty way instead of asking Brad about it or um, just forgetting about it and going, oh, well, well, that's, you know, I had to do something, didn't I? And he'd had a bit of a reputation for selling these uh, replica rifles. I think they were not airsoft, but they looked kind of about as real as you could get for a toy gun in Australia. They were selling them in Paddy's Markets. I bought a couple myself when I was going the SWAT route. And again, the whole thing with Ivers kind of put me, oh, there's his name. Oh, well, that pretty much put me off doing that plus it's a bit of a lazy cosplay but you know i ran the city to surf in it and that was fun but never again it was wildly stupid also running without it i'd painted the bloody red tip i had no idea what i was doing i got a lot of slack for that from other people but i've learned some people have to learn the hard way which i did in this case because i decided to go onto his page and give it a one-star review on facebook not thinking that it would go further than that it would be some petty little thing that wouldn't get noticed just my response to go you know, something about his overpriced because you could buy them at Paddy's for $20 and he was selling them for like 50 and another guy got in touch and said yeah he uh, said he had a thing I can't remember it was Shahab was the guy and he said he drove out to where Brad was and at the last minute said oh, I don't actually have that thing but will you buy this thing for more like a bit of a bait and switch type deal and again that's hearsay I can't verify whether that's true or not it was just something I heard from a friend and uh no what the cat keeps climbing can you just sit up here get off my keyboard normally compy's quite good but i think she's getting a bit hungry they know what to, it's the same time every day six to maybe seven at the latest then they really start wigging out so i better make this short we're already 20 minutes in and i haven't read the freaking article but yeah for some reason i feel compelled to finish this story so yeah, I left a one-star review and immediately instant shitstorm. I get messages from everyone. I think even Brad messaged me like, what the fuck are you doing? And it got, in the end, it kind of obviously it backfired, but it worked out better for him because he had all these friends that uh, he'd accrued over the years of just, you know, selling uh, these little toys and stuff that he got behind. And, you know, that, that was his, I don't think it was his sole income, but he was starting to do a little like backyard shop basically and he had the online thing and his dad was that's right his dad ended up making a post of like if anyone is still a mutual friend with this guy like anyone stays a friend with me uh by the end of the night then i'll just unfriend you like it got that crazy and there was threats there was one of these guys i used to think was kind of a cool dude called me all sorts of crazy stuff uh yep the c word was dropped it went that far and in australia that's not usually a big deal but he meant it in the not like you're a mate let's put it that way he seems to have dropped out of the scene really buff Asian dude I can't remember his name off the top of my head but I'd always kind of looked after him and thought that guy's really cool and he does a similar kind of faux military look and uh, I think he'd been in the army and I'd sort of recently come out of the army and I was a little bit like you know aspired to be someone like him a fit good looking young dude that could cosplay and not be just a total like scary bad example of what could go wrong you know the kind of people with the cliches that you see mainstream media 
uh, present as oh a cosplayer looks like this and it was like totally opposite of that um, anyway that's so it just went pear shaped basically and pretty quickly I was like yeah I better delete this review I guess this does <laughs> really didn't fly under the radar this one and since then we never really talked I uh, came up and said hi a couple of years later when I was at the desk at a collector mania which I think is on this weekend but yep this Sunday I really have to try and get Karen to come along to that it's Matt's or Souter, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to this, but yeah, Matt Souter, sudden heartburn, Jesus, Matt Souter's birthday, we're going to eat more heartburn giving food, lots of fried chicken and things like that, at an RSL in Campbelltown, and then the next day, oh yeah, finally get the son out to collect a mania, hopefully, he's going to love it, this time he won't be sick, he won't be crying, it's all going to be good, spend hours rummaging through boxes full of old toys from the 80s, I can't wait. But yeah, I was, I was helping out at that point, uh, Lindsay, and we were doing the cosplay stuff a little bit more. Uh, Lindsay at this point said, yeah, he doesn't really have enough room for it, which is fair enough. When he gets a bigger place, he might let us do competitions again. And that's fair enough. To, to be honest, it is a lot of work and you're not really getting anything out of it. It's just for the fun of the community and, and no one's getting paid. No one's getting uh, any kind of real, like the exposure side of it. Yeah, I might mention the page or the website. I might promote it on there. But I, I never noticed a huge kind of kickback from that. But it was a good excuse to get some friends together and dress up. And that's what it's all about, really. So that's all that matters. Yeah, he came up and said hi. And, and it seemed to have all been in the past. Uh, then recently has had a drama with uh, the police in Penrith. Apparently where he used to be uh, was fine, what he was doing. He's selling these uh, gel-based guns. And I bought one recently at, uh, I think it was Oz Comic Con. It looked like a P90, which I always kind of thought were cool because... That's what they used in Stargate SG-1. And uh, while I still had gel bullets, if you leave them in the water too long, well, they just get nice and big and then explode. But as long as you fire them all off within, a, I guess, about a week or two, it's safe. Well, they're still the right size. Yeah, it was a bit of fun. I mean, it's just like a basically uh, overpowered water pistol. According to the Penrith police, when he moved out there, it was a bit too realistic. And uh, they charged him with all sorts of imitation firearm offences. And he posted uh, a bunch of... Uh, things about it on his page and there was actually an article in some online website not a huge one but it still got did the rounds and I hope it works out for him like honestly think that's a really shitty decision on the part of whoever made that I wouldn't call it an arrest but laid those charges he didn't go inside for any amount of time it would have just been like I think at this point I mean they are semi-serious charges but they were more like a really bad fine at this point at worst though I, I did read that book about uh can't remember the name but some guy that was running like an adventure sports shop that sold archery equipment and things like this and an undercover cop convinced him to put together a crossbow for him which apparently in new south wales you can sell in pieces but not put together this guy eventually convinced him to put it together like really like what sound heavily sounded heavily like entrapment and uh they all turned up searched the house expected him to be this huge like gun running drug lord uh, the way they treated his wife and who, who wrote the book, she used to be a journalist, and uh, that didn't hurt. With getting things done, like when he got moved into prison eventually, which was a huge shock, he got the full whack, like nearly, I think it was three years on the top, and he had to spend at least 18 months or so inside, and it was in some prison miles away out in the countryside. And Yeah, when, when she noticed stuff that was really completely unfair, she would complain, and 
in the end she had to stop doing that because it just made life harder for him having worked in the prisons i know you're pretty much in that world it's a different you can't expect the same kind of say if you go to a retail store and you complain to the manager and things get done and that person may get fired or suffer consequences and the customer's always right that is definitely not the case in the prison system you just take your lumps and try and keep your head down and get through it from what i saw i mean it's tough for the guards as well you know long hours weird hours all sorts of abuse and that sort of thing but it's definitely a better position to be in to uniform than in the green as they were and anyone getting sidetracked as usual so the point was he's been having a rough time of it lately and whatever personal differences we have should rise above that and hope it all works out for him i don't see us ever becoming best mates and getting over it to that point but at least move on and do our own thing and not really like uh, i fucked up i don't i still don't really think what he did was super fair like i thought it was a little bit vindictive but really it wasn't that like he didn't have to go out of his way it was just like yeah i'm not going to be involved which is perfect he's perfectly uh with within his rights to, to say that and i was just being a huge petty bitch by reacting the way i did i just thought of all the hate that came after that was a little unreasonable as well but that's the game you play when you're online people say shit and again it comes back to not overreacting to that in turn and not just escalating it into some huge chip on my shoulder pity party it's just I played the game and I lost that happens I've learnt not to show my hand like that every single time there's any kind of altercation online like there's plenty of other people over the years that for some reason, and uh, to my mind unfairly, taken a dislike to me based on information they've got from other people. Because a lot of the time it's someone I don't interact with personally very often. Usually people I, I know in person, fine. Like we might drift apart and that sort of thing. But as long as there's a, a personal touch every now and then, you can catch up and things get worked out. But people that are just on the periphery, friends of friends, they might take something the wrong way and it all goes south very quickly because there's no opportunity to touch base, repair and then become stronger for it. It's just purely the breakdown stuff and then any kind of, uh, if you come towards them like I have, again I've talked about this before, when it's someone I don't know that well and I try and make amends and, and find out what was going on, it just comes across as creepy and desperate so you just have to let it go. On the flip side of that, if you don't do anything about it, sometimes you can that can come across as aloof and uh, uncaring, but that's just the choice you have to make. There's, there's no other real alternative, unfortunately. Even with the previous host, we've kind of drifted apart, but I'll always treasure the friendship that we had, and it doesn't mean we're not going to stay friends forever to a degree, but it's just never going to be as close as it was, and that's, that's all right too. Relationships evolve. Sometimes they get more intense, sometimes they slow down a little uh, and that's just part of life you just gotta not get too I, I think I've mentioned this guy before James Jim Jones yeah not turn into Jim Jones and have some goon squad running around with rifles shooting down planes and US senators because that's where that ends up and buckets of uh, sorry barrels of, of air quote Kool-Aid which wasn't even real Kool-Aid it was like the rip off cheap Kool-Aid but where was I? This freaking article. Will I ever read it? Let's find out. We're well over my half an hour limit now, but I can knock this on the head. Pax Melbourne. So, I finally got down to Melbourne for Australia's only bite at the juggernaut that is Pax Penny Arcade Expo, 
which was held at the convention centre right across from the Crown Casino complex and adjacent to a large shopping centre and a strip of trendy cafes and bars nestled along the banks of the Yarra River. Now that's a fucking sentence. Like, I start off right there with way too much in one sentence. Like, across from the Crown Casino and adjacent to a shopping centre and a strip of trendy, trendy cafes and bars, eh, it'll do. That's the spirit. Founded by the artist behind the incredibly popular comic strip the event is named for, this is about the closest thing Australia has to the juggernaut that is E3 in terms of ridiculously, ridiculously oversized video game-centred conventions. Nothing I had seen before could have prepared me for just how big it was. This is all completely true. I'm not spinning. With over 140 panels, 30,000 square metres of floor space for the show floor itself, and estimated crowd numbers at over 50,000, nothing else in the great this great brown land comes close. If you want to watch some of the more popular panels, head over to the Twitch channel dedicated to PAX right here. One of the many highlights from the event was keynote speaker Rihanna Pratchett, daughter of the late author Sir Terry Pratchett. She and other writers and developers from across the spectrum of the gaming industry spoke at length and about issues such as writer's block, carving out a living in a crowded market, and also joked about their shared hatred of the Big Bang Theory. I thought someone might call me out on that. Yeah, no one reads these. Sorry. Of course, pretty much all of the major corporate players showed up as well, from Nintendo, Sony, Bioware, blah blah blah. Bit of a list there. There was still plenty of space for indie developers, a VR demo area that was very popular, and a free-to-play area full of consoles from all areas. If there was anything released this year, big or small, and it had anything to do with gaming, whether on a screen, a table, or in a headset, it was being discussed, played, and seen at PAX. The PAX Unplugged tabletop gaming sections were constantly buzzing, and I never saw an empty table the entire weekend. Much the same in the various cafe areas on the edges of the convention floor. If you wanted to play a AAA title demo, buy a drink or get into the hall, first thing, one very important thing was required. Patience. Yeah, that comes across a bit odd. If you wanted to play a AAA title demo, buy a drink or get into the hall, first thing, one very important thing was required. Patience. Yeah, I suppose it works. Like all cons, cramming so many things into one space with such a broad fan base, it became somewhat of a victim of its own success. With a somewhat reasonable 40-minute wait to get inside on Friday morning, ballooning out to well over an hour on the Saturday morning, with a further two-hour wait tacked onto that to play a popular demo. It's the only con I'm aware of that regularly sells out, and this year was no exception. Early previews of big titles like Hitman 2 or Resident Evil 2 Remastered were so popular with the massive crowds that some people, like myself, opted out of the game demo purgatory entirely instead wandered the halls enjoying the general atmosphere of excitement, shopping, checking out amazing miniature scenery, and of course enjoying the off the charts cosplay. Then we have photos of cosplay. A big thank you to Clapton Remendo and his team of volunteers who spent almost the entire three days sequestered away in a small room right by the entrance. Easy enough to miss unfortunately, and with no mention in the PAX guide it could be a mission to find. But if you had the one loose strap or dodgy wing that needed repairs then it was definitely worth tracking down. You're definitely in safe hands when he pulls out his hot glue gun, or scissors, and this little black duck stumbled in there more than once when an errant piece of my power armor inevitably came astray. Even if your costume is still in one piece, it's worth visiting the gang to check in and take a moment to unwind and chill out away from the heaving, sweaty crowds on the show floor. Not everything required a long wait. You could usually observe most of the demos being played. Hitman 2 was in a walled-off room and so was Diablo on Switch, but there was plenty you could casually enjoy as long as you didn't mind being a backseat driver. There was an awesome gaming museum roped off in a decent sized section at the far end of the hall. It had every console and an era and era of gaming covered right back to the days of pinball machines. 
They prove highly popular with new machines clearly being pumped out to this day. One modern looking Deadpool pinball game got a lot of attention and would be right at home in any Aussie man cave. Unfortunately I don't have a photo of it, I just have a picture of this guy playing a virtual reality car racing sim. Of course there was always the panels too, from judging which dogs are the most useful in video game history to how to deal with a writing addiction, whatever your interest was, there was a panel for you. I wish I could have made it to them all, but knowing they were all going to be archived on the Twitch channel for later viewing lessens some of my FOMO fear of missing out. Still, there is nothing like being there in the audience sometimes, and if you only see one panel, then I recommend the Dungeon Crawl panel, hosted by comedians and scored live by talented by musicians. The players on the main stage often stop to take ideas from the crowd as to how it should play out next, and it was some of the funniest improvisational skit comedy I've ever seen. I've got the word by in there twice, so we'll fix that. This is why you read it out loud. I can't wait to get down the next year and make sure I'm in the front row. If anything was missing at all, the most glaring would be smaller retailers selling the kind of random loot and toys you see so many of at Oz Comic Con and the like. Even more painful is not having an artist alley to browse for prints. But even with all the room they had over two halls, there is only so much you can fit in. Also, it's probably unfair to compare it like for like with something like Supernova. They aren't exactly apples and oranges, and there is plenty of crossover, but PAX does seem to have lanes that it stays in. You could get some discounted loot at the EB Games outlet, and there was the odd smattering of stalls, but given they seem to make more money from ticket sales and big corporate stands, they can afford to be more choosy when it comes to the smaller outlets. If you're after a board game or anything that could be used to play one, I hope you brought your credit card, the list of games, dice, scenery and other random bits and pieces you could use to enhance your gaming was endless. The event truly is a mecca for anyone who has a passion for anything gaming related. For some reason I wrote meccas. Maybe I got it mixed up with, maybe I must have been hungry when I was writing it. For all those about the cosplay, while there might not be as many people throwing on a cap or wig as you might see at a pop culture event with paid celebrities in town to sign autographs and pose for photos, there is still a significant number of high quality costumes to be spotted around the halls, and they are all more than happy to stop and chat and or take a selfie with you. Even the big name guests they do get, while usually more niche and game related, such as voice actors or game writers, seem less quarantined off than the celebrities who jet in for other conventions. If you hang around after a panel, it's easy enough to have a quick chat and share an insight or ask questions. It really does feel a lot more inclusive and at the risk of using another buzzword, interactive. I certainly can't wait to be back down there next year. Let me know if you're planning on heading down as well. I promise to buy anyone who tracks me down, I'll be the guy in the power armor, a soft drink of their choice. All I ask is you answer a few quick questions. I really need to put an interview on one of these things one day. So start planning that cosplay and looking up those long lost relatives who might have a spare room in Melbourne. See you there. So yeah, that was alright. I didn't get too colourful or gossipy. Just kind of stuck to the main points and it still ended up quite long. I just, I can't do a short thing. You need to cover all the, all the things and I'm sure there's still stuff I missed. Yeah, there's two things I need to fix so I'll, I'll do that at some point. I'll, uh, for now though, that's close to 40 minutes, so I think we'll wrap it up. And you know, I've got another one to do quite soon, so this will have to do. I'll try and review. I've started watching The Good Place. As hell, I mentioned uh, that I was listening to the Dak Shepherd thing on Facebook, and a whole bunch of people were like, "You need to watch The Good Place." He's only in it briefly, apparently, and so is Monica Padman. Like, Kristen Bell really is one of those people that's like. Can I just get all my friends and family on this show that I'm in? 
and uh, Mike Sher, the showrunners, seems quite happy to do that as long as they uh, can hit their marks, then go for it, which is great. It's it's pretty cool to watch a podcast. Sorry, watch a show, and you can go, hey, that's you know, they're not just wallpaper. They're they're people that you know from other things. Yes, I know, Scooter. I'm about to feed you. And on that note, thanks for listening. I know you have other choices. Oh, no, she's going to get her ass kicked if they're fighting again. But yes, that's the solid 60 for today. Good night.